Wow. Wow. Wow, Rachel Burford, we have just we just witnessed and, and been a part of history. Yeah, we have, haven't we? And we're, we're just sitting here, and quite humbly, sitting on the steps, on the concourse, just looking at all the f- smiley faces, the young girls coming around. Um, one girl just looking at me now, I think she wants a picture, but she's a bit shy. But, I mean, it's just incredible. It's um, such a memorable and special day. Yeah, it really is. Just off the back of the, the final whistle here, we've been ushered out. Some of the England players have been signing autographs and what have you. But we, we had a sense that it was going to be special. But it, until you actually live it, from the moment sort of driving into Twickenham and the crowds and the bus pulled up, and I've not been able to see most of it because I've been crying most of the day, if I'm <laughs> completely honest with you, but just tears of absolute and utter joy. Seminole... It's arrived, all those cliches. It just feels like that kind of day for women's rugby. Yeah, I, I just, you know, you can try and imagine what it might be like and what the scene might feel like, but then the reality happens. Like, you can't walk across the concourse by the Golden Lion Gate because there's a sea of people waiting for the England team to arrive. You go into the stadium and it's filling up during the. Um, Warm up and the atmosphere is building, and then players come out, and then all of a sudden there's roaring. And as much as you want to try and picture what it could be like, until you just live that moment with everybody, you, you, I didn't ever expect it to feel as good as it did. And and yeah, same as you, I got a bit um, teary as the girls were going in, and and the whole crowd were on their feet roaring. It's just it's a momentous day, and we've all said it can get there, and women's rugby's the growth, and all of this, but. But now the reality, and we said this about the World Cup, like it's actual reality now, and it's trying to get our heads around that. What was it like pitch side? Because I was sort of the middle tier, so sort of didn't get a sense of it because it crescendos down onto the pitch, doesn't it? What, what was it like down there? I mean, when they came out, the roar was extraordinary. The national anthem, more melodious, more melodious for this crowd. Um, the donut stall is absolutely jam-packed. The bars are empty. But it's a different type of crowd, isn't it? And a crowd, men, women, young boys, young girls, all on their feet cheering. It's a really, really family, family occasion. What was it that, like down pitch side for you? Yeah, I think you've kind of summed it up really well. Like It was just general excitement. Like I'm not sure anybody was thinking about the win or the Grand Slam they were just excited to be in the stadium and watching these players um, and it was just yeah it was so good to be you know close to the players as they seen them come out I was um, crouched down just as they came out to line up for the anthems and the just the smiles I could see Ellie Kildan literally just looking up and smiling thinking wow and so as much as everybody else here is is feeling in awe of what's happened today the players are just the same as well and it was a large part. I spoke to an old uh, Sky colleague uh, in the lift earlier on today. Said, "Oh, well, how do you see this going?" I said, "Well, do you know, what? it's going to be who, who deals with the, that crowd, the emotion, the the actual occasion, better on the field." Did that turn out to be true? Well, it's a game of two halves, wasn't it? One of those things. Um, yeah, look, I think the occasion lived up to everything that we expected it to. I think the crowd delivered, Sugar Babes delivered, uh, and the rugby was also top-notch. Sugar Babes were good, weren't they? Yeah, we got to interview them. 
Did got you? to interview them pitch side. Were they nice? They were lovely, yeah. Um, not so chatty, um, but yeah, and they gave us an exclusive of what their first song was going to be, which was Push the Button. So that was nice. We wow, I mean, up. of all the songs. <laughs> what you reckon? Wow, what an incredible guest that is. <laughs> no, it's so good, just, you know. And, and they've never been to a rugby game before. They've never performed at a rugby game. So it was all really exciting for them as well. And, and you know, that has a knock-on effect around their world. So it's, you know, that's how we also consider helping grow and, and go beyond what we've done today as well. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Whether it's the, the concession stands here or all the food, all the rest of it. Yeah, the merchandise still had a big old queue. I mean, there's still people milling around now with the, with the players leaving underneath the, the lion gates there. Just like a, a proper day, there was fireworks, there was smoke, there was flames. I, I know we said it last week, but in terms of putting on an occasion for the Red Roses, fair, fair play to the RFU. This is there's been a proper, proper occasion. Let's get into the game. I'm just going to put one thing out there. As soon as Abidale scored, I knew England were going to win the game. Did you? Yeah. Well, I, I do kind of agree with you because. At first opening, I think it was like 17 minutes, France, in the 22, banging on the door, banging on the door. Merle Packer comes up with a turnover. Like On about three or four occasions, England turned them over. And you just thought, okay, if, you, if you're not getting over with that many opportunities that early on, that's a bit worrying. And then one, one first set piece from England... Tatiana Heard runs hard to the line. Everybody thinks she's going to crash it up. Little tip, Helen Aroda through, and then they find Abby Dow. And you just think, okay, you've had one shot, and you you delivered on that one shot, whereas France just had four or five or six and weren't able. So, yeah, I'm kind of with you with that. I did expect more from France. I wasn't quite there yet. I just thought, oh, okay, France are in this. But, um, but now you reflect on it, and you do think that England were never going to lose that game. No, it was an early penalty, didn't they? Justin Chumelier. Uh, yeah. across the face of the posts unlike kind of, her really unlike her I mean we spoke didn't we about her last week potentially being being her sort of cup final her, her swan song they go for a penalty driving line out England turned that over and, and as you say the first opportunity a beautiful beautifully constructed try and Helena Rowland was worth a gamble all day long wasn't she yeah she was uh, you know she came alive in attack and I think that was part of the reason for her selection, having like a distributor there. But also, she's a great line-breaking 13, 15, 12, 10, wherever you play her. She's got that within her. Um, and her ability to link up with the back three. And, yeah, definitely justified her her position to start today. She really came forward and, and you know, she only had, came into this Six Nations having played 27 minutes. Um, sorry, last week was 27 minutes. That's all she's played since the Rugby World Cup semi-final. Um, so for her to put on a display the way she did, you know, not just in the tap but also defensively, yeah, she was outstanding. Yeah, I thought she was. Ex- of course, England raced ahead with that uh, that lead at half time. Um, it was a penalty try in there as, as well, wasn't it? And as you say, France came out in the second half. You said it was a game of, of, of two halves. What did France do right, do better in that second half to, to pull themselves back into the contest? Well, they had the ball. 
which was a big thing. In the first half, England dominated possession. Obviously, there was two yellow cards in the first half. We should probably mention that as well. And they couldn't get their fold defensively right, and that's how England just managed to stretch them in the first half. So they come out second half, they're dominating the possession, they're getting good go forward, and then it's the flip side. England can't recycle quick enough. They almost sat off a little bit, and then the tempo that they just brought into that second half, you know, it was really tough for England. And in the end, they ran out of room sitting off, and the try line's there, and... And so, yeah, I thought it was a great second half from France. I would have just loved to have seen that game, have both of those halves together for 80 minutes, not see the best of England in one half and then the best of France in another half. It, it, it would have been brilliant if those two halves came together from minute one to minute 80. I mean, it would have been an absolute thriller. God, you're tough, aren't you? I mean, not to say Come it wasn't on. a thriller. Especially, like, why did why did France not just take the, penalty, the conversion quickly? Then we had a shot for restart. Yep. Uh, five points out. I mean, anything can happen there. We've seen teams do it time and time again, and we've seen teams defend for numbers of phases and keep the opposition out. But, but yeah, I just that was an interesting like a thought process that obviously didn't go through some of the leaderships there. And they dragged themselves back in, isn't it? It's quite often the way with the big players pulling Bordon. I mean, at one point she went one way, back the other way, and then back the other way to try and find some sort of gap. Gabrielle Vernier. Oh. A couple of little mistakes today. I think it was the first mistake she made in the Six Nations yeah. uh, during the second half there. But she was outstanding, wasn't she? She really was. Like the little line break in the back off, back door offload um, to Menage. Her defence was excellent. Anybody that was breaking through, she was covering, um, clearing it up. And then obviously the little show and go snipe to get the second try in the second half. And I think she has been so so good. I mean, twelve's been a great position this year. Tatiana Hurd's had a really good run at 12 but you know, for me I just feel that Vernier's been heads and shoulders above a lot of players So England as you say it kind of, it's just about the occasion wasn't it and actually oh yeah England won the game and oh yeah it was a grand slam as well it wasn't until a sort of trophy lift that you kind of realise that but yeah England are, are grand slam champions deservedly so it really, really stood out today. I got a, a, a text from a, a friend. It's not a big rugby fan at all. He said, yeah, there's three certainties in life, death, taxes, and Marley Packer scoring. <laughs> so Nobody's going to stop her from there, were they? No, she was, she was class. Like, genuinely class. Like, I think if anybody didn't watch last weekend's game against Ireland, she was limping off the pitch as if the season was done, not just the Six Nations, her season was going to be done and for her to turn it around and perform the way she did and not look like she had any issues um, which just blows my mind of what actually happened but she was just a monster and I think the way that she plays she puts everything on the line for her team and everybody just wants to follow her, you know, she was ferocious again in ball carrying, she was her defence, always chop tackle always, and England got their turnovers more often not because of her chop tackles and she's just just a work rate she's got such an engine on her and she's one tough cookie and then you, you double you almost double bubble it don't you because Kabir is Saudi Kabir is the same kind of player but actually really good with ball in hand she's a very very complete player yeah, really mobile, really agile, like has a really good step as well and a fend to get just to beat one of those outside defenders. Um, and she's physical. She's so, so physical. Really physical, yeah. So, yeah, they've got... And, you know, I think Stadia Cabea is mostly known previously as a seven. 
But when you've got two of the best back rowers, you don't want to leave one of them on the bench. And, and for her to get the opportunity to you know play back row with, with Marley at six and seven is such a great combination. It really is. I, I thought Abigail, class, Helena Rowland, we've spoken about her, real class. For me, just a little question mark, and we know she's very, very new to it. I, still a question mark for me over Holly Aitchison at, at 10. International fly-off is very, very difficult, and as you say, she, she is very new to it. Um, just, yeah, some, some kicks today, just just gone a little wayward, um, just a bit of control and direction at times, just just didn't help her team. Yeah, I think there was a number of occasions where she was a bit hesitant, but that was all because she was under a lot of pressure. They were on, under pressure at the breakdown, France was set, then they were coming through and putting pressure on her, and then she almost didn't trust herself every time. And, um, you know, I don't know why they weren't happy to actually just kick the ball off and actually compete at the line-out. I know that, you know, France do have a brilliant driving line-out, they're strong in the set-piece, but, you know, they also had a couple of misfroes today, and... and I believe, you know, the likes of um, Zoe Allcroft, she can read line out so, so well. So you can disrupt it defensively. Instead of just thinking about keeping it in field, you just kept gifting the ball back to, to France. But, yeah, that's, that's a role that she'll learn. She'll look back on those moments where she, what she could have done better and she'll she'll get better for it. But I think overall, you know, she's, she's had a really, really good Six Nations. Big, not, I wouldn't say big shoes to fill because she's... She's played ten at a club before. She's demonstrated at the Rugby World Cup how good she is. But I guess maybe just kind of taking that more ownership, stepping up, being you know a voice within the team. She can't just sit back and rely on her ten. She's the ten now, so she's got to be the one talking in meetings, driving the forwards, telling them what they want off a lineup, what she wants off a scrum. Um, you know, setting the setting the platform up to exit. And you know, it's a lot to take on your shoulders in a, such a big and great campaign that the Six Nations is. Um, but I think she's absolutely relished in it. And, yeah, a couple of kicks, not great today. A couple of indecisions from her. But overall, she's had a, a really, really good Six Nations. And people think, oh, well, yeah, yeah, the Red Roses, you know, Grand Slam champions. There's 58, just over 58,000 people here at Twickenham. Why on earth are you sort of pulling out some sort of feedback? But, you know, that, that's, that's where the women's game is now. And um, I don't think Hollywood would mind that in the slightest. Um, no. no, it's needed. Definitely needed. That's Taps, man. Hey, you're right. Who we got here? Marley Packer's mother. Do you want to join us on the pod? Yeah, do you want to join us on the pod? Come on. Just a little word. Come Just on. A little bit. How Come proud on, were you Julie. today, yeah. Julie, when your daughter runs out with your grandson? I was over the other side of the stadium because we had, like big family come in so I was over the other side so yeah but it was great really great yeah I bet it was a, a very very special moment just how proud are you of your of your daughter and the way she conducts herself on the field very <laughs> I think the best moment for me not the best moment but one of the most emotional moments today was when they got off the bus earlier it was just like amazing and it was just like oh my heart <laughs> I was just gonna say I mean you've been been alongside I don't know how close close you two are can you quite believe today's actually happening and the way it is? No, and I saw a picture actually of Rachel earlier, like when they were all coming in, and I was like, oh my God, I could really feel that you could feel it. And it's just unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, we were saying, uh, um, we didn't even know you could have, 
England won the game and they're Grand Slam champions. But they are. Yeah. With a perfect record, deserved champions. And that's a decent bounce back ability, isn't it, from from a World Cup final loss in the circumstances that it happened? Yeah, 100 percent And I know it's been covered, but there's also a hell of a lot of experience and talented players not in this squad. So it's been a bit, I don't want to say it's like a rebuild or a new squad because there's still a lot of people in there that were at the World Cup and experienced and, and deserve those as mentions. But you know, there has been a lot of change, new players coming in. They've had new caps. They've had to weather injuries during this, make getting players back, getting people ready. You know, Marley bots from last week as a case. Um, but ultimately, they've, they've come out in this kind of new era, new, new era but same crop of, a big crop of the same group, if that makes sense. And obviously Simon Middleton moving on as well, so giving him the fitting finish as well, um, deserved finish to, to send him off. Yeah, that was it's almost like we planned these things. But that was going to be my next question. But, you know, like, dislike his tactics. But it, I personally like the guy. Um, get on with him very well. He's always been very good to the pod and, and with commentary and what have you. Um, no one could deny how much effort he's put into to the role. And, you know, it was a really, really lovely moment. But for him, his family, you know, just sort of teenage kids and what have you, to see their dad up there lifting the trophy, giving it a big old kiss in his final game, that was a lovely moment, right? Yeah, I think, you know, we have to remember that Everybody who works in sport, it affects... It's not just about the players, it's about everybody. Like, you know, he, he's made sacrifices within his own family environment and, you know, being away for so long. And, and it's not right here now, they might be teenage kids, but they haven't always been. So, you know, he's made plenty of sacrifices to, to support his, you know, his passion and his career. And, you know, his family have been a huge part and supportive part of that to bring him along. And... And so for him to be able to bring them along today, be able to do a lap of honour with them, for them to be able to see see their dad, you know, finish and accomplish something, um, something that, I mean, he keeps doing every Six Nations, doing very, very well. But I'm intrigued what's next because he, he wouldn't give us an exclusive, but he was like, we were like, you going on holiday? He was like, no, something's coming soon. Yeah, so he, he's... He's going to be back in the working world. Who knows where and who knows who with. But he said he's excited for a new challenge and, you know, he's excited to see the the girls push on. See Borthwick's tack coach. I'm joking. Um, who's going to take his role? I've got no idea. Literally got no idea. Because he said earlier in the week of the press conference that actually it was about how they want to structure it, whether you want a sort of a director of rugby type role mm-hmm. and then a sort of head coach underneath. Well, Sarah Hunty brought the, the, the cup out today. I mean, again, just another massive cheer. Again, I'm diving for the tissues. Sunta NBE bringing out the, the, the trophy to present it um, in a humble way to the clapping the girls. What a great performance. And her heading up a, a Red Roses squad with a, with a sort of coach underneath. I quite like that idea. I've I've no doubt that she could do that job and do it really well. But I don't think she wants to or, or will. But I also think you've got to go and have experience in that. Like this is the best team in the world, and I know you've got experience as a player, but it's it's a whole kettle, different kettle of fish when you're a coach or a director of rugby, for example. Yeah, but but 
more of an ambassador role, so, so dealing with the press and all that kind of stuff, shaping what the Red Roses do. She's been doing that for yeah, but she'll keep doing that, anyway. whatever role she's in, in that kind of ambassador um, role model aspect. She's never going to lose that because what you see is what you get. That's just her and her nature. You're poo-pooing my idea then? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good, okay. Well, who's going to take Sarah Middleton's I job so, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 well, she hasn't got a suggestion. I think no, you break mine, but you haven't got <laughs> a suggestion of your own. I, I think that they're going to go for somebody who's an experienced coach, that's been to World Cups. Um, that's who I, th- I haven't got a name for you, but that's the type of person I think they're going to go for. I'm just going to turn this on it, on its head as we sort of begin to wrap up. How much pressure does today put on a new coach in this Red Roses squad at, at, and the RFU? I mean, I think you know the objective of selling out for a World Cup final is, is done. You know, get a new objective because after today that, that that's kind of mm. done but it just ramps up the press doesn't it I don't know I think it's like a mega exciting place to come into you've got the best team in the we've got one of the best teams in the world we have to remember that we aren't world champions but um, I think it's a hugely exciting opportunity a lot of that DNA of the England team won't change with this new person coming in no so it, it's about fine-tuning it's about maybe certain something different within the culture that might just move the whole group group on um, as a whole but yeah no I think whoever whoever I mean I'd love to do that job I'm not ready for it and I'm not good enough to do it but I mean that would be such an exciting job you inherit this incredible program and these incredible players like that's an exciting place to be all the structures are in place you've got great pathways you've got under 18s you've got 20s you've got the best league in the world Amazing players, you're ranked number one in the world, yeah, great support, staff. great support staff, and we must mention them as well. Yeah. I know that Marley Packer and Hannah Bottom have been being very conscious to, to mention the, the medical staff this week, and it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a real family, it's a Red Rose family, isn't it, that, uh, that, that, that they talk about. So, yeah, congratulations not only to the players, but management and, and all the medical staff and, and all the rest of it um, on, your, on your Grand Slam. It's been, uh, been fantastic. We haven't got an answer as to who the next coach is, but uh, I think um, it's going to come out maybe tomorrow. Is it? Yeah, in the next couple of days, I believe so. But why would you wait? Agreed. Why would you wait? Let's crack on. The dawn of another new little mini chapter as we move into 2025. But John, we went up to the, 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 the press briefing room and there was a little look with Ali Donnelly and we just gave each other a hug and oh. Yeah, a lot, a lot was meant in that hug, and it's been a long time coming days like today, and long may they continue. Oh, 100%. And I think there's been a number of people who have been quite emotional about today because they've been, like yourself and Ali Dolany, and, and there's so many people to mention, but, you know, turning up and being the five people in the crowd yep. consistently, week in, week out, being the ones that would do a press report, do, do the interviews... You know, make the effort to understand and know the team and, and share the stories. And, you know, it's all been building to today. And so many people, over, over 20 years to get it to this point. And I just wish maybe we tried to do it a bit sooner. Just have the standalone, put the spectacle on. You never know. Could have been slightly different. But, um, but yeah, a really proud moment. And as you say, like the marketing behind this program has been unreal really clever really smart the timing the graphics the 
the engagement um, to really get people in to be excited about this Red Rose team because we've been excited. I mean, for years, yeah, yeah. for years. Yeah. But it's like, how do we show everybody else how exciting this group is? And they've achieved that today. Yeah. Red Roses and women's rugby feels like, yeah, it cert certainly certainly arrived, certainly gone up another level from the, the World Cup final. I think that's <laughs> Sarah, Sarah that, that's, a, that's a helicopter leaving. That's Sarah that's Hunter, Sarah Hunter just leaving now. <laughs> MBE. She's got her Is own chopper. Is royalty here today? There must have been, maybe. Well, maybe that's royalty. Sir Bill Beaumont. He's rugby royalty. Rugby royalty. I meant actual royalty. No, not like in, uh, not like in Scotland. Bill, I couldn't see Bill getting in a chopper. Let's have your predictions on the other two games then, Bev, as you say, oh here on the God, concrete. Yes. Yeah, I know there's two other games going on. <laughs> what time is uh, Italy-Wales is going on as we speak. We're an hour and 20 in. Oh, God. Do we, what do we reckon? What do you reckon? Who do you reckon's winning? No, I ask you. I reckon Wales are winning. Do you? Do you want to know the score right now? Or not? What's your prediction? Yeah, I think uh, Wales might just sneak it. So it is 24-10 to Wales. 24-10 to Wales. There you are. 57 on the clock. Wales not seeking it at all. So we've both gone for Wales. What about uh, the later game, Scotland-Ireland? Ooh. I'm still going to back Scotland. I hope they can get another win under their belt. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. But uh, then you feel for Ireland, don't you? You don't feel for Ireland, the poor girls. I feel for the girls. Yeah, that's what I mean. Um... Well, they are Ireland today. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's the union and the, and the press team and whatever. Just, oh. Let's not go there. Anyway, let, yeah, let's not go there. Let's not finish on a negative. Congratulations, Twickenham. Congratulations, the RFU. Congratulations, the Red Roses. Congratulations, Sarah Hunter, Scott Beamond, and Simon Middleton. Over and out from a historic Twickenham. Roger that.